Welcome into Real Pod Wednesdays. Dan Hope joined by Griffin Strom. The band is back together. Chase uh, filled in for me last week and did a great job. And now I'm back. Yeah, Dan, welcome back to uh, Real Pod Wednesdays here. Uh, you know, we, we traded off weekend or uh, vacations the past couple weeks here. I went to New Orleans. Dan, where did you go again? I, I, it slipped my mind because I was obviously on my own my own trip. In, so if you want to. Yeah, I was in South Carolina, did a little tour of the state there, spent some time in Charleston, uh, went to. Uh, Darlington for the NASCAR race and then uh, went to uh, Greenville Anderson area back where I used to work some see some friends over there. Awesome. man! you feeling refreshed and, and ready to dive into some Ohio State uh, sports action today? Yeah, definitely. I think we are going to dive into some uh, sports betting today. So, you know, hopefully uh, our listeners uh, are interested in that uh, now that uh, it is legal here in the state of Ohio and, and many other states. Uh, there's there's a lot of lines already out. We're still more than free. Uh, months away from Ohio State football, but there's a lot of lines that are already out for Ohio State's 2023 season, both in terms of game lines and future lines. And so we're going to look at a lot of those uh, lines today and kind of analyze them and maybe uh, identify uh, some of the best bets that we we see for Ohio State football right now and maybe some of the, the, the bets that we wouldn't touch uh, for Ohio State football right now. So as we take a look uh, at uh, the, the betting lines, uh, first and foremost, uh, for Ohio State games for the 2023 season, uh, there's currently uh, six Ohio State games out of the 12 regular season games that have game lines available for this year. And uh, that starts with the season opener. DraftKings just released its uh, week one lines uh, earlier this week. And Ohio State was installed as a four-touchdown favorite, a 28-point favorite at Indiana, which uh, to me says as much about Indiana as it does about Ohio State because uh, obviously Ohio State's going to go into that game with some questions. They're going to have a a new starting quarterback. Uh, There's going to be uncertainty on the offensive line. Uh, Obviously, still people still have questions about the defense uh, because of the way last year ended. But Indiana is not the Indiana that almost – came back and beat Ohio State during the COVID year for years ago. Indiana, uh, you know, people who are longtime listeners will remember I was uh, far more bullish on Indiana than I should have been going into the 2021 season. I think I actually predict, predicted they would upset Ohio State, and that proved to be a, a very wrong prediction uh, because Indiana just was not able to sustain that momentum. It seems like they caught lightning in a bottle there in 2020, and since then, I, I know uh, – our, our Ramsey Nasrallah, uh, he he wrote about it a couple weeks ago about how Indiana has really you know lost all that momentum and has really become uh, the least inspiring program in the Big Ten. When we look at the futures lines uh, later, we'll see that uh, odds makers certainly feel that way about Indiana right now as well. And so you look at that first game, even though it's a Big Ten opener on the road, even though uh, Ohio State's going to have a new quarterback. Uh, we, we know Ryan Day is going to use those things as motivators to his team to take that season opener seriously. But, but realistically, Indiana does not look like any threat to Ohio State. 
Yeah, combined six wins, I believe, for Indiana the last two seasons. A 27-game win streak for Ohio State against Indiana as well. Uh, And the last two games against the Hoosiers were both upwards of 40-point margins in terms of wins for Ohio State. So, uh, you know, like you said, I mean, Ohio State's going to go in there on the road with a new starting quarterback. A lot of questions on the offensive line. And and that line does look pretty wide for, you know, considering those circumstances. But Indiana, like you said, has not inspired much confidence that they're they're going to make a close game uh, out of an Ohio State matchup this season. Now, the second line that's available for Ohio State is the game the Buckeyes will play at the end of September when they will go on the road again to Notre Dame. And the line for this game is much closer. Uh, FanDuel uh, released the line for this game a while back, and and FanDuel currently has Ohio State as an eight and a half point favorite at Notre Dame. But DraftKings released its line on Monday, and it only has Ohio State as a touchdown favorite at Notre Dame. Which you know, when I, when I look at all these lines that we're going to talk about, this is maybe the one that tempts me the most as a better to want to go bet on the Buckeyes right now because you know we saw Ohio State hold Notre Dame to, to 10 points last year. Uh, you, you, you think Ohio State's defense is probably going to be better this year. Now, at the same time, Notre Dame's offense could be better. I mean, they're, they're going to have a better quarterback this year with Sam Hartman transferring in from Wake Forest. Now, you know, they don't have Catholic Gronk anymore. Uh, I, I still don't know that I I look at Notre Dame and, and say, I think this is a team that's going to all of a sudden be some – you know, top offense that's going to be a huge threat to to Ohio State's defense. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I still, you know, I think my initial impression says if, if you're only getting seven points there, I, I think, you know, that's probably a spot that I would consider betting the Buckeyes. At the same time, this is going to be the first real test of a year. We're, we're not really going to learn a whole lot about Ohio State against Indiana, Youngstown State, and Western Kentucky. This is going to be the first real test for Ohio State. And we know Ohio State has some question marks on offense. And we'd expect Notre Dame to have a good defense. And so I think that's why that line is as close as it is, because that is really going to be uh, the first real test for Ohio State and the first game that Ohio State could lose this year. Yeah, Dan, I mean, Notre Dame, you know, obviously they lost their first two games last season, starting with that Ohio State matchup, but they ended up winning six of their last seven games, including three ranked opponents and a win over South Carolina in the Gator Bowl. So they did end up, you know, getting some momentum there late in the season, ended up nine and four. um, And of course, getting Ohio State in South Bend this year, I'm sure, uh, you know, plays into how close that line is, but certainly a minus seven for Ohio State. That is a, a tempting number, as you said. The third line that's currently available for Ohio State this season is uh, its October game against Penn State. And FanDuel and DraftKings both agree on that one. They both have Ohio State as a 10.5-point favorite versus Penn State, which I think is a logical line when you consider that Ohio State is going to be at home in that game. Uh, you consider that Ohio State has, has won – uh, that game, I'm, I'm double checking my math right now to make sure that uh, I, I get it right. But Ohio State has won that game six years in a row. Uh, it, Ohio State won by 13 points last year. Now you look at you know some of you have a recent results. There's been a lot of close games with Penn State. Ohio State hasn't beaten Penn State by more than 13 points since 2015. 
there's been uh, three single-digit di- games against Penn State in the last six years. And we'll talk a little bit more about Penn State later, but I think Penn State has a chance to be really good this year. I think Penn State is a legitimate contender this year to challenge Ohio State and Michigan for the Big Ten title. And so uh, that's a line I would avoid right now. I, I, I would not bet on Ohio State right now to, to beat Penn State by by 10 and a half points. I, I, think, I, I think the line makes sense where it's set, but it's not one that I would bet on for Ohio State right now because I, I do think Penn State has a chance to be really good this year, the best it's been in, in quite some time. And history would suggest that anytime Ohio State and Penn State play, it's going to be a close competitive game. Yeah, Dan, even even last season, that 13 point margin of victory for Ohio State, you know, the, the game was was a lot closer than, than that even suggests uh, really for much of it. Obviously, remember JT Tuimolowau's uh, insane performance there late in the game and, and just all the points that were scored, what in the fourth quarter in general in that matchup. So Ohio State ended up kind of getting more of a cushion than, you know, the full game kind of suggested there. But that was a, that was a close a close game for Ohio State and certainly with Penn State getting a lot of the you know, offseason hype that it is this year, potentially being, you know, certainly in that that top three mix for the Big Ten uh, title preseason wise. And you look at Ohio State and Michigan as well, um, you know, and, and the questions Ohio State has to answer. Uh, I agree with you there to kind of, uh, you know, I, I could still definitely see Ohio State beating Penn State by, you know, a couple touchdowns or something like that. But in terms of, you know, which which of these lines would, would you kind of want to, to, to run to the, you know, the websites and whatnot to bet on that one? I'm probably avoiding as well. Ohio State's uh, last game in October will be a road game at Wisconsin, and DraftKings just released a line for that game on Monday as well. Ohio State installed as a 10-point favorite against the Badgers in what will be the Buckeyes' first trip to Camp Randall Stadium since 2016. Of course, Wisconsin going into its first season with Luke Fickle as head coach, and I think that's a variable that gives would give me more pause in betting against betting on Ohio State in this one because you know I think we've seen in recent years that stylistic matchup between Ohio State and Wisconsin has very much favored Ohio State Wisconsin being kind of that ground and pound power running slower paced kind of football team and they just have not been able to keep pace with Ohio State Luke Fickle, he's bringing in Phil Longo, who was the the former offensive coordinator at UNC, who had a a very high-powered offense last year, more of a modernized uh, passing attack. And so this Wisconsin team is going to look different than the Wisconsin we've become so used to seeing under Paul Crist. And Camp Randall's a tough place to play. Again, Ohio State has not played there in in seven years. And so... that's another one where I, I'd say right now, I probably wouldn't touch it. Like I, I probably wouldn't touch it right now. I mean, I, I think, you know, it, it's a game that, you know, on the surface, I would pick Ohio State to win. I think the 10 point line makes sense, but I, I feel like I need to I need to know more about Wisconsin. I need to see what Wisconsin looks like more this year before I can really have a good read on how I think that game will play out for Ohio State. Yeah, I remember last year's game being a 31-point blowout. I think Wisconsin finished with seven wins last season. I certainly think Luke Fickle will you know, help the, the Badgers end up with a, a much better season in 2023. Um, you know, I, I still think Ohio State probably gets the job done. Uh, but like you said, you know, a lot that, that has to be seen, you know, really on both sides with 
you know, the, the things we've already addressed with Ohio State and how Luke Fickle might actually tangibly change things at Wisconsin. Dan, how about Ohio State against Michigan State, a game that we, you know, just recently last week got the official uh, kickoff time and uh, network four. It's going to be a night game at the shoe uh, in mid November on NBC. I mean, we'll, we'll get into some of the details with Ohio State's uh, ongoing big uh, TV rights deal here in a couple minutes. But Dan, for that one, a 24 and a half point favorite for the Buckeyes on both FanDuel and DraftKings, uh, which certainly, you know, seems seems pretty high given the fact that, you know, that's been a close matchup in the past. Uh, you know, with Michigan State obviously having some some very high profile wins against Ohio State in that series, but you know, not necessarily recently because Ohio State is riding a seven game win streak against the Spartans, and the closest margin in the last five games between the two teams uh, has been twenty points. And obviously, this game, of course, being played at Ohio Stadium as well. Yeah, I think you know Michigan State's still a team where they kind of have that reputation of like a team that you know, is upset Ohio state. And, but when you, when you, when you really look at the numbers, you know, we're, we're talking about stuff that happened, you know, seven, eight years ago now. I mean, the, the last six years, uh, the Ohio state, Michigan state matchup has been very lopsided and Michigan state is a team that most people think is going to take a step back this year from where they've been a couple years ago. I mean, I think back to the game two years ago where, we all expected it to be a close game. Michigan State was ranked in the top 10 and Ohio State wins 56 to 7. And now this game will be back in Ohio Stadium. Uh, you know, other than maybe Penn State, it's probably going to be the best environment of a year in the shoe with it being a, a night game uh, against, you know, not a whole lot of marquee opponents on the schedule for Ohio State this year. So Michigan State's probably the, the second most prestigious opponent on the schedule this year. Uh, really going to be the last, you know, major marquee home game of a year although Ohio State will play Minnesota the next week but I, I think you can look at that one and there's a lot of signs that point to a, probably another Ohio, blowout win for Ohio State so I mean 24 and a half is a big number especially to be betting on before the year but I, I think that line is right where it should be because I, I, I do think that uh, right now I, I would pick that game to be one that Ohio State should win comfortably. Dan, a line that, that may draw the ire of some Ohio State fans, but perhaps one that's hard to argue with is Ohio State coming into uh, the latest edition of the game against Michigan as an underdog this year, plus one on FanDuel, plus two and a half on DraftKings for Ohio State. Uh, but Dan, of course, the last two matchups uh, between Ohio State and Michigan resulted in much more lopsided Wolverine victories than that. Yeah, I mean, I... I think that Michigan should be the favorite going into this game because for one, Michigan has won this game the last two years uh, Two, they're, they're going to be playing in their home field at, at the big house and three. I mean, I, I think, you know, you, you know, when we, we take a look at the futures lines in terms of a big 10 conference and win loss over unders, you know, that these are two teams that are, are projected to be very evenly matched going into this year. And so typically, you know, that that's going to slant toward the home team in terms of uh, those lines. And, you know, I mean, I, I said it in November, I said, you know, at the time I said, you know, right now it would be hard for me to pick Ohio state to win this game next year. And I, and truthfully, if I'm just going to be objective, I, I sit here in, in May, I, I don't know that my stance on that has really changed. I mean, I think that, you know, Michigan, I think, is going to be really good again this year. And I think Ohio State has 
uh, some clear question marks going into the season. Now, could my opinion change between now and the end of November? It certainly could because we're going to see both of these teams play 11 games before the Buckeyes make that trip to Ann Arbor. And so, uh, you know, that's going to give us a better feel when it comes time to actually predict how that game's going to play out. But I, I do think that right now, like Michigan should be favored to win that game. I, I think that makes sense. The good news for Ohio State fans is the Buckeyes have often thrived as an underdog, especially against Michigan. Of course, you know, a big recent example uh, coming back in 2018, Ohio State had been reeling. Their defense had given up 51 points the week before against Maryland. Uh, a lot of people thought that was going to be the year Michigan turns the tables and Ohio State ends up blowing Michigan out 62 to 39. And so, uh, you know, Ohio State has has thrived in that spot before. It's not necessarily a bad thing if Ohio State goes into that game as an underdog. But we're also in a different place in the rivalry now than we were in, in 2018 when Urban Meyer, uh, you know, clearly had Michigan's number every year. Now that we've, you know, I, I remember saying, you know, before the game in 2021, you know, I need to see Michigan beat Ohio State before I can believe it because it had been so long since Michigan had beaten Ohio State. Now the tables have kind of turned where it's like, okay, now Ohio State's the team that needs to prove it can beat Michigan. Ryan Day needs to prove that he can prepare this team to beat Michigan. And so there's just a different feel going into you know, this game, you know, and even last year where last year I was like, I was pretty confident Ohio State would win because I didn't think they, they would lose at home uh, to Michigan. And after losing to Michigan the year before, I, I don't feel that same way going into uh, the year right now, though. I, it is uh, interesting. You know, one of our guys uh, made the note when we were talking about this on uh, Monday night that. If you looked back in 2019, Ohio State was actually a, a six and a half point underdog to Michigan uh, before the season. Um, and of course, you know, Ohio State ended up going undefeated in the regular season that year. And Ohio State ended up uh, winning big against Michigan that year as well. So a lot can change over the next six months. But uh, right now, you know, I, I don't think that Ohio State has any real reason to feel slighted by being an underdog in this game because I think it's based a lot on how the game has gone the last two years and the fact that Michigan's going to be playing at home. Yeah, Dan, touching on, you know, kind of which of those six games you feel the most confident in, in terms of the line and the betting stuff and on the, on the flip side, which, which one, you know, you, you feel least confident in. I actually think that that Michigan line, you know, from, from Ohio state's perspective is, is one that, you know, I would, I would actually feel kind of confident. Uh, it might not be an unpopular or a popular thing to say here with the, the listeners, but uh, you know, Michigan at minus one, let's say against Ohio state. I mean, I just, I just kind of think based on the last two years, the fact that Ohio state's going back to the big house, JJ McCarthy, you know, another year, with him, a guy that, you know, his mobility and the stuff he was able to do against Ohio State, even after kind of a shaky start there, uh, you know, that's that's kind of one that I'm looking at as as one that I, I would I might bet against Ohio State, because I just think if Michigan does end up winning and like we've already established, they should be the favorite going into that game, at, at least uh, from what we you know, from what we know right now. Um, I think they'll probably get it done by more than just a single point. Um, so that's one that that I would definitely check the box uh, for in that category. Dan, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I'd say the game that I'd be most inclined out of those six to bet on Ohio State would be Notre Dame because, you know, for one, I mean, other than Michigan, it's it's the line that, you know, Ohio State's getting the, the least points on. So I think, 
you know, the, the idea of Ohio State, you know, being able to beat Notre Dame by by more than a touchdown. Um, you know, again, I mean, I don't think that's a game that's a lock for Ohio State to win by any means with, with some of the questions that Ohio State has going into the season. But, you know, I, I feel still reasonably confident that like if I'm predicting that game right now, I, I would predict Ohio State to win by more than seven points. And so uh, I would say that's the game I'd be most inclined to bet on the Buckeyes. I think for one, I'd be most inclined to bet. You know, I, I I wouldn't say that I look at any of these lines and say I would go bet against the Buckeyes right now. I think the one I'd probably feel most inclined to bet against the Buckeyes would be that Penn State line at ten and a half, just because, like we talked about, th- this series has had a lot of really close games in recent years, and and I think Penn State is is going to be better this year than it's been the last several years. Dan, how about these six other regular season games for Ohio State that have yet to have lines on some of these sites? We're talking Youngstown State, Western Kentucky, Maryland, Purdue, Rutgers, and Minnesota. Um, In terms of odds that might come out for those, or if you were an odds maker yourself, Dan, what do you think should be the closest line for Ohio State in any of those matchups? Yeah, I I would have to go with Purdue just because we've seen in, in the past that Purdue is a team that has given Ohio State some problems you think of the last time Ohio State traveled to Purdue was of course that infamous 2018 game where Ohio State lost 49 to 20 now you know again Purdue we talked about like Michigan State Purdue's a team that I think could you know take a step back this year you know Jeff Brom's no longer there Aiden O'Connell's no longer there and so I don't know how good Purdue's gonna be I mean if 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 this is a game that Ohio State ends up winning decisively, it wouldn't surprise me. But again, you just look at the history between these teams. I mean, Ohio State has lost three of its last four trips to West Lafayette. And so uh, I think, you know, out of those six games, you know, which one do I think the line should, you know, probably be closest for? I- I'd have to go for Ohio State playing on the road at Purdue. Then how about Maryland as well? I mean, it's, it's at, you know, it's in Columbus, but last year's matchup, uh, you know, they did give Ohio State some problems. They were able to create some explosive plays. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but but Ta- uh, Talia Tagovailoa is back uh, for the Terps this season. So that, you know, could be another fun matchup. I know historically, you know, not a super close, you know, rivalry. Obviously, the 2018 game being an exception. But, um, you know, that game could be up there as well in terms of closest lines there. Yeah, I mean, Maryland gave Ohio State a game last year. And I've I've always kind of, you know, been a guy beating that drum here in recent years about, you know, Maryland. Uh, being a, a a sneakily dangerous team. It's also earlier in the season, which you know maybe not as much last year, but typically the trend for Maryland has been they start strong and they struggle down the stretch. And so that game being early in the year, you know that might be something that plays into Maryland's favor too. Uh, you know I think of it being at home for Ohio State. That's still a line that I would expect is probably going to be somewhere in the twenties uh, at least for Ohio State. But you know you never know what'll happen. You know between now and then. Dan, let's look at some national championship odds now, uh, kind of widening the lens here. Um, Ohio State on FanDuel is tied with Alabama at plus 600 behind only the reigning uh, two-time defending national champion uh, Georgia Bulldogs at plus 220. Ohio State is third on DraftKings behind uh, Georgia at 250 and Alabama at uh, plus 550. Um, With the next best odds being uh, Michigan, uh, which is a, a plus 900 on DraftKings, plus 1,000 on FanDuel. Um, after that, you've got you know teams like USC, LSU, Florida State at five, six, seven. There, Clemson at eight, 
Penn State making the top 10 at, at plus 2,000 on FanDuel and plus 2,500 on DraftKings. Texas and Notre Dame also uh, in the mix there, Dan, at, at 10 and 11 uh, on both sites. Um, but sticking with Ohio State right off the bat there, with them having the you know second and third odds, obviously, you know, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, that's that's kind of been the the top three programs the last you know few years, you know, especially entering this season again. Uh, but Dan, I, I think what's kind of interesting is, you know, if, if Ohio State is going into that Michigan matchup as an underdog, but then you still have Michigan uh, listed here under Ohio State in terms of national championship odds. What do you make of Ohio State's placement? And do you think they should be, you know, lower than, than Michigan, uh, you know, in, in odds like this? Well, I think that speaks to the upside of the teams, right? And I think I think most people would agree that you think about which of those two teams probably has to be more upside to be the national championship this year. Most people would probably side if Ohio State over Michigan this year. Even if you think Michigan's going to be a better team, Ohio State probably has to be more upside to be that national championship level team. I mean, even you look at last year, I mean, Michigan was clearly the better team in that matchup, but you know, Ohio State almost beat Georgia, the team that smoked TCU, which beat Michigan. And so, you know, I think I think the top three are right in terms of it being Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, you know, in that order or whatever order, because those are the three teams that have shown they are most capable of winning the national championship in in recent years in college in college football. You know, and I think it's interesting because I, I, to me, I don't think there is one team to me that like jumps off the page this year as like they're a clear favorite. I, I agree with Georgia being the favorite, but I also don't look at Georgia and say like they're unbeatable. I mean, I think their defense is going to be really good again as it has been. Obviously, they are replacing Stetson Bennett and some other key players on their offense. And so, you know, I think there's more questions about how good their offense will be. But, you know, I, I do think that they should be the favorite just based on what we've seen the last two years and the amount of talent they have. You know, you know, Alabama, I mean, I think Alabama does have some real questions. Again, you know, much like at Ohio State at quarterback. I mean, they brought in Tyler Buckner, who is not great for Notre Dame and they brought him in for the transfer portal to compete for their starting job, which tells you that they've got some concerns about their quarterback situation right now. So I, I think there's some real question marks there uh, for, for Alabama. So I think you could make a case for putting Ohio state uh, ahead of Alabama and the odds, you know, like I said, they're, they're tied on FanDuel pretty close on DraftKings. So, um, you know, I, I think, I think they are right about where they should be. Um, like I said, I, I think there's a difference in saying Ohio State is the third best team and saying Ohio State has the third highest upside to win the national championship. And I think I would agree with the latter more than I would the former. Dan, outside of those top three, though, I mean, are you looking anywhere other than Michigan when it comes to, you know, teams that you know, have the best odds or should have the best odds or the best chance to win the national championship. You look at, you know, maybe USC. I know I was certainly at times last season kind of high on USC. Obviously, they're going to have the uh, returning Heisman Trophy winner at quarterback another year under Lincoln Riley. Uh, that one's kind of interesting to me. But uh, where are you looking kind of outside of that top three in terms of biggest threats to, to potentially win it all? 
Yeah, I mean, the good news for USC is they still have Caleb Williams. The bad news is they still have Alex Grinch. So, you know, <laughs> I, I think I think USC, you know, could easily have the best offense in the country. I don't have much faith that they will have a national championship caliber defense. And so that would be my biggest reason not to bet on USC. You know, LSU and Florida State, I think those are two intriguing teams. But, you know, we're, we're you're projecting them to compete perform at a level that we haven't seen from either of those teams in several years. Obviously LSU did have the one year with Joe Burrow, but outside of that, we haven't really seen LSU at that level too much recently. Same with Florida state. So, uh, you know, I, I think their teams that you just look at their rosters and you feel like, you know, they're, you know, sneaky contenders, but I don't know that I can get quite behind them on, on that. I mean, I, I do think Michigan is probably, where it should be as the fourth best team in the national championship. I, mean, I, I think, I think Michigan has a good enough team to win the national championship. Now they've laid an egg in the college football playoff the last two years. And so I think there's a real question there of Michigan. Okay. We know, we know now that Michigan's good enough to win the big 10. We don't know yet if Michigan is good enough to win the national championship. That's, that's that hump that they still have to get over. I, I think, you know, this is a year that they could be capable of it. I mean, with J.J. McCarthy coming back, Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards coming back, I mean, you, you would anticipate they're going to be, you know, one of the best running teams in the country and probably one of the better overall offensive teams in the country. You know, they have some talent on defense. If that all comes together, I mean, I I, I think anything is possible for Michigan, but I, I still can't say that I'd be overly inclined to go bet on Michigan to win the national championship. Dan, what do you think about, you know, the team you used to cover Clemson uh, coming in at with the, the eighth best odds, obviously the Cade Klubnik era uh, kind of kicking off there this season. Obviously, they haven't really been in the, you know, CFP mix by the end of the season the last couple of years. But do you think that they could, uh, you know, ha- have a, a renaissance of sorts this season? Yeah, I think it's it's possible. Um, you know, I was talking to some of my friends who cover Clemson when I was down in South Carolina last week, and you know, they they think Clemson, you know, should have a you know top ten defense. Now, I still have some questions about Wes Goodwin, their defensive coordinator, who replaced Brent Venables a year ago. Obviously, Brent Venables was the architect behind so many of those great Clemson defenses. So, I think Wes Goodwin still has a lot to prove in terms of you know, being that defensive play caller offensively, they brought in Garrett Riley uh, to take over the offense. He of course led TCU to the national championship game last year as their offensive coordinator. So I think, uh, you know, he's somebody to be excited about. You know, I think Cade Klubnick is someone uh, that Clemson's excited about. Um, You know, I know, you know, their, their wide receiver core is not what it used to be. Um, That's a weak point for them. You know, their offensive line has kind of been a consistent weak point in recent years. Uh, you know, from what I've heard, they they do expect to be stronger up front this year than they have been in several years. But I still think that's an area where they have a lot to prove, um, you know, and, and, you know, for them, I mean, they've got a real competition in the ACC now with, with Florida State looking strong. And so, you know, I, I would probably bet against Clemson being a national championship contender college ball playoff team this year. I I, I think they you know, will be better offensively than they were last year. But I, I don't know that I quite see them as a college ball playoff team this year. You mentioned a TCU there a moment ago, Dan, and that's a team that, you know, I'm assuming was not in the top 11 for national championship odds uh, entering this past season. Obviously, they ended up 
making it all the way to that national championship game this past year. They did get you know absolutely obliterated by Georgia, but nonetheless, their their run was quite impressive uh, and leads me to the question for you, Dan. Anyone, any team outside of that top eleven that we just listed there, uh, who you would be tempted to to bet on as you know maybe a sleeper pick to win it all in twenty twenty three? You know, if I had to pick one, I think I would go with Washington. I think Michael Penix Jr. Uh, had a really good year there last year. Um, I think he's a dark horse in the, the Heisman race as well, which we'll get to shortly. Um, you know, I and I think you know again because I have questions about USC's defense. I, I do think you know there's an opening there in the Pac-12 where even though I think USC's the favorite to win the Pac-12, I, I think Washington could be a contender for that so am i going to go throw a lot of money on washington to win national championship no but i think if there's a a sleeper that would tempt me to maybe throw a few bucks on i'd go with washington yeah for sure dan michael Penix, the former indiana quarterback and a possible foil to ohio state in that one really good covid year matchup with the buckeyes but dan let's move back over to the big 10 here um as we kind of look at the you know conference odds for the conference championship in the big 10 this year, Ohio state, you know, kind of the favorite or the, the best odds in, in on both DraftKings and FanDuel, uh, as one might expect perennially with a plus 170, uh, you know, odds there for, for them to win the big 10 on DraftKings plus 165 on FanDuel. Um, after that, Michigan, obviously not far behind, uh, Penn state on DraftKings is, is third at plus 500, um, on FanDuel, Wisconsin and, and Penn State both actually have plus 600 odds as the the third you know favorite there in the Big Ten. Um, and then I think Iowa on both on both sites comes up as the fourth there, Dan, with a plus 1400 on DraftKings, plus 1800 uh, on FanDuel. Um, anything about that surprise you? That you know that goes again to the whole Ohio State Michigan thing that we kind of talked about with the the national championship odds, which is. Okay, I mean Michigan's coming in as the the two-time, you know, Big 10 reigning Big 10 champion and and you've got a, a game with Ohio State in which, you know, both of those uh, betting sites have Michigan favored o- over Ohio State, yet still Ohio State enters the season with the best odds to win the Big 10 championship. Yeah, Ohio State is the best odds, but it's not by much. I mean, again, you mentioned those DraftKings odds, it's plus 170 for Ohio State, plus 180 for Michigan. So I think that's the biggest thing that stands out to me is you know, we've, we've seen often in recent years, but Ohio State's a prohibitive preseason favorite in the Big Ten. You know, I mean, a lot of times Ohio State has had, you know, minus odds, you know, but to win the Big Ten, sometimes, you know, very high odds. So the fact that you can get Ohio State for plus money to win the Big Ten, I, I think that speaks to uh, the uncertainty surrounding Ohio State as a, a team that, you know, should win the conference this year. So, you know, I vote those odds speak to the fact that, I mean, what those odds really speak to is most likely whoever wins the game is going to win the big 10 championship. That's, that's a lot of what it speaks to. And it really comes down to, you know, who, who do you think's ultimately going to win that game in November though? You know, as you mentioned, Michigan is currently the betting favorite to win the game, but Ohio state is currently the favorite, uh, slight favorite to win uh, the conference championship. So a little bit of a uh, dichotomy there. And, you know, some of that has to do with the fact too, that, you know, it's, it's not just that game. There are other teams in the conference that, 
you know, have a chance to shake things up, whether that be Penn State, whether that be Wisconsin. So, uh, you know, those are the teams that, you know, have the next best odds to win the Big Ten. And, you know, based on what I said before, like, you know, my, my initial instinct would be if I'm going to bet on anyone over with Ohio State or Michigan to win Big Ten, uh, it'd be Penn State because I, I, I do think Penn State is going to be a top three team in the Big Ten this year. And I'm not certain that they will be three, which, you know, they have been the past several years. But I do think Penn State has a chance to uh, exceed that this year. Now, with that being said, I almost lean, though, toward the best value being Wisconsin because I think Wisconsin is the clear favorite to win the West, which means, you know, Wisconsin in what will be the final year of of a divisional Big Ten championship game, Wisconsin has the the probably the clearest path of any team to make it to the Big Ten championship game. And so that makes me think, you know, it, Wisconsin at six or six and a half to one, it would not be a bad bet. Yeah, Dan, that, that Wisconsin schedule is is not too, you know, frightening there, aside from obviously the matchup with Ohio State. But then you obviously look at the likes of Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, they all have to play, you know, two two other teams out of that big three, where, where, whereas Wisconsin only has to play uh, one. So I kind of like them as well as a team that, you know, I might bet on, especially with, you know, the value you might, you might get there. Uh, as a team outside of Ohio State and Michigan with a chance to uh, take that Big Ten crown in 2023. Uh, Dan, now let's look at some kind of win and loss over unders for teams in the Big Ten this year. Ohio State and Michigan both set at a 10 and a half, Dan, uh, in terms of wins for 2023. Penn State coming right after that at 9.5 as we kind of established that that seems to be the preseason top three uh, in just about everybody's mind. Wisconsin at eight and a half, Iowa, Maryland, and Minnesota all at seven and a half, uh, at least on on fan or Iowa seven and a half on on both FanDuel and DraftKings, Maryland and Minnesota seven and a half on on FanDuel, slightly less on DraftKings, Illinois six and a half, Nebraska six and a half, Michigan State five and a half, Purdue five and a half. Uh, Rutgers four and a half or three and a half, depending on where you're looking, Indiana and Northwestern also at three and a half there. Um, any, any initial thoughts when you kind of look at those numbers in terms of, you know, which, which number or team would you be most inclined to bet the over on and which, uh, the under. Well, again, initial thoughts, it speaks to how close people think it's going to be between Ohio state and Michigan, because they actually not only have the same over under on DraftKings, they have the exact same odds with DraftKings setting both of those teams at minus 105 to go over minus 115 to go under uh, FanDuel favoring the over slightly higher for Michigan than it is for Ohio State which would align with their one point favorite line for Michigan but you know I, I know I, I think it might have been with Chase for us having a conversation a couple weeks ago and he was like you know, Michigan 10.5 like that, that looks like a pretty good bet, because even if you think that they're going to lose to Ohio State, you look at their schedule, they don't their their non-conference schedule is extremely weak. They play East Carolina, UNLV and Bowling Green. Now they do go on the road to Penn State. And so I think that is where. Um, you know, I would have some pause in terms of betting on on Michigan saying, you know, I think, you know, going to Penn State, that's a very losable game. 
And then, you know, they also have to play Ohio State. And so, um, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I would probably if I had to pick, I would probably pick the over for Michigan. But, um, you know, I, I, I think that's one that could easily go either way. And I feel the same way about Ohio State where, you know, again, I mean, Ohio State, we, we talked about it before. There's, there's quite a few games on that schedule of close lines. I think there are, you know, more than enough losable games for Ohio State to where 10 and two, uh, you know, seems like a pretty realistic record projection for them. So does 11 and one. And so I, I think the over under is right where it should be. And I can't say I'd be overly inclined to bet it either way. I think the one I would be most inclined to bet the over on is Penn State, because like I said, I, I think Penn State is good enough where it could upset either Michigan or Ohio State this year. And even if it doesn't, you look at the rest of Penn State's schedule you know, they, they, they have, you know, West Virginia in their season opener, but then their other non-conference games are against Delaware and UMass. So that's two easy wins right there. And you just look at the rest of their schedule. Not a not a whole lot of other games on there that look particularly challenging for Penn State. And so I, I would I would be inclined to bet on Penn State to to break nine and a half because I like Penn State's chances of winning 10 or more games. I'm going to continue riding the the Wisconsin train here because I was asked you know, about the Badgers in our weekly beat writers chat in the forums on 11warriors.com. I said there that I, I like nine wins for Wisconsin. Uh, we just talked about their schedule and, and their potential to, to sneak up on some people. Uh, they're set at 8.5. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go the, take the over on that Dan with nine wins for them. And then in terms of a one that I might take the under on, uh, despite Matt Rule coming in this year for Nebraska, Dan, as head coach, uh, Nebraska set at six, six and a half wins. They haven't even won six games since 2016. And while, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if if Rule came in and and really helped that pro- program out in year one, um, I'm still going to take the under on that at six and a half. Yeah, I'd probably lean. I'd probably lean toward Minnesota. I feel especially the FanDuel line, uh, maybe not the DraftKings line, but the FanDuel line of seven and a half. Uh, that feels a, a little bit high for me uh, for 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 Minnesota. Uh, you know, Iowa is another team as well. That I mean, I, I I probably wouldn't bet on that one. But if I if I had to bet, you know, be be under on someone, you know, I Iowa is a team I would consider just because I don't have a whole lot of faith in Brian Ferentz to get that offense turned around. Although they do have some more offensive talent, and you would anticipate that they're going to have a really good defense again. Dan, let's talk about the Heisman Trophy. Is of course there are some you know futures odds for for that stuff. Caleb Williams coming back as the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. Although, as we know, as you know, media members covering Ohio State, uh, it is not exactly the easiest thing to do, Dan, to win the Heisman Trophy a second time back to back years. Still, only been done by Ohio State's Archie Griffin, who you know, Dan, after his spring game performance this year, Archie. Uh, you know, he he could be in line for a potentially a third Heisman Trophy this year. But all jokes aside, Caleb Williams is, you know, the clear favorite in the odds on FanDuel. He's at plus 500 with the best odds on DraftKings, plus 550. Uh, the next best odds on FanDuel, Michael Penix Jr., as you just talked about for Washington. Uh, Bo Nix and Jordan Travis also tied with him at plus 1200 um, on, on DraftKings. You've got Jordan Travis at plus 1,000, Drake May for North Carolina at plus 1,200, and Sam Hartman at plus 1,300. Um, Dan, 
you know, just in, in terms of that pool, anybody that you think should should kind of also be in that mix and who do you think is kind of the best bet or, or maybe the best value there too in terms of Heisman uh, picks in the preseason? Yeah, I would say this. First of all, I would not bet on Caleb Williams because we've seen it. Uh, it's it's hard to win the Heisman two years in a row. And so while it absolutely makes sense for him to be the favorite uh, in terms of the, the lines, I would not bet on him because you know history would suggest it's really hard to win that second Heisman trophy. Um, you know, I mean, I, I mentioned Penix before, like if I'm looking for a guy in that top group of who I would probably be most inclined to bet on as a, you know, somebody who could steal the Heisman this year, I, I'd probably bet on Penix. Now, again, I at 12 to one, like, I don't know that I love those odds. Like, cause I still like, I don't, I don't feel like he's a favorite to win it necessarily. I feel like he's more of somebody who has a chance to win it. And so uh, I would consider putting a little money on 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 Penix, but it's also not one that I'm like ru- rushing to the window to place that bet. Yeah, for sure. You know, you look at Drake May there, a guy that got a ton of hype uh, just last year, but you think, you know, it, it's got a dovetail with a team really being in that CFP mix by the end of the year, you would think uh, in, in many cases uh, for a guy to actually really be in that that Heisman contention. Um, Dan, looking at Ohio State odds, of course, um, you know, maybe some people might have expected to see the the likes of a Kyle McCord and, and kind of that top group. Um, you know, m- maybe not from from what we saw kind of this spring, uh, just not being totally wowed and impressed at the quarterback position for Ohio State um, over the past couple months. But you know, of course, that could all change in a hurry. McCord getting a plus two thousand number from FanDuel, plus twenty two hundred on DraftKings. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Dan with the second best uh, odds here on DraftKings at plus 2,800, plus 3,000 on FanDuel amongst Buckeyes. Travion Henderson as well coming back, uh, potentially a big bounce back year for him after the injuries sustained last season, plus 3,000 on DraftKings, uh, plus 6,500 on FanDuel. Quite a discrepancy there on that one. And uh, Devin Brown, I mean, this this just goes to show you kind of where the thinking is on who's going to end up winning that starting job, Dan, with Devin Brown at plus 6,000 on DraftKings, plus 8,000 on FanDuel. So, of course, McCord getting, um, you know, having much better odds there to win that. Uh, also, Mecca Abuka at plus 12,000 on FanDuel as well. So, uh, what is it? One, two, three, four, five Buckeyes with Heisman Trophy odds there. Dan, who would you uh, be most and least inclined to bet on for Ohio State uh, when you look at some of those odds in terms of guys that could win the Heisman Trophy? Yeah, most I'd go with Marv. I mean, I think you know you look at what Devontae Smith did a few years ago, and to say could could Marv be capable of having that kind of incredible year that wins a wide receiver of a Heisman? I think he could be. I, I think especially this year, where you know again outside of Caleb Williams, I don't see a ton of like obvious favorites. I, I, I think you know Marv. I think it those odds I think is is worth a flyer. You know, it, it does tend to be a quarterback award, but I do think that Marv. I mean, based on what we saw last year, he he's that kind of special player where he could put up the kind of numbers that that could ultimately make him a real Heisman Trophy candidate. Uh, the Buckeye I'd be least inclined to bet on is Travion Henderson because Travion's going to have to split carries with Mayan Williams, maybe even Chip Trainum. And so while I, I do think Travion will bounce back and I think Travion will have a productive year, I, I just don't think that he's going to... 
if you're going to win nowadays to win the Heisman as a running back, you've really got to put up huge numbers and you've got to be that clear cut feature back. And I think in an Ohio state offense where there's so many mouths to feed, I I just don't think he's going to get enough carries to where he can really be a Heisman contender. Yeah. Dan, the other thing about Marv, I would say too, is that, you know, this isn't a case where it's, you know, some, some wideout that's having an amazing year, but maybe doesn't get the national recognition until late in the year. This is a guy that's going to come in right away week one and, and already be, you know, completely buzzed about, you know, in the same breath as as guys like Caleb Williams, because this is an absolute, you know, S tier prospect of next year and a guy with obviously just the, his family name as well. Uh, he's a superstar in college football. You know, you feel that more and more, you know, kind of this offseason and everything like that, too. So he's a guy who's whose campaign is already going to be out there at the start of the year uh, and not somebody that is going to have to, you know, build all, all season. But of course, you know, it's going to also have to dovetail with the quarterback that's actually able to get him the ball and, and put him in positions to make those plays as well. Um, you know, which is why you oftentimes see a quarterback, you know, getting the nod over a wide out. Uh, Dan, some other notable players, though, with Heisman odds as well. Um, Ohio State fans, favorite quarterback, Quinn Ewers down at Texas with plus plus 1,600 odds on DraftKings, plus 2,000 odds on FanDuel. Drew Aller for Penn State. Uh, the, the Sean Clifford era is over. Plus 2,200 odds on DraftKings, plus 2,500 on FanDuel. J.G. McCarthy for Michigan, plus 2,500 or plus 3,000. Joe Milton, Dan, for, for Tennessee, the former uh, Michigan quarterback, plus 2,500 on DraftKings and FanDuel. And Blake Corum for Michigan as well. Uh, plus three thousand on both. Uh, so a lot of uh, you know Michigan players or former Michigan players on that list there. Um, any of those particularly interest you, Dan? What, how do you feel about Quinn Ewers' uh, potential Heisman campaign in Texas this year? As we didn't really talk about them in the national championship odds discussion. Yeah, I think Quinn would have to be a lot better than he was last year to be a real Heisman contender. I mean, he's got the tools. Obviously, he's got the name recognition, but. Uh, you know, I think he has to be a lot more consistent uh, than he was last year. And like you said, Texas probably also has to take that next step and be a real championship college football playoff contender if he's really going to enter that race. I, I think the guy who intrigues again, I mean, I, I've talked about Penn State, but Drew Aller is a guy that in, intrigues me there. I mean, I think, you know, we've, we've seen Penn State kind of have, you know, average quarterback play the last four years of Sean Clifford. And I think Drew Auer is a guy who has the potential to elevate them and really become one of the best quarterbacks in the country. And so uh, that that's one that intrigues me. Again, to, if Drew Auer is going to win the Heisman, that probably means he's going to have to upset either Michigan or Ohio State. But if he can do that, I think he could be a guy to watch. Dan, moving on here, you know, we, we mentioned Ohio State's NBC matchup. Uh, in mid-November at night at the shoe earlier on. And, you know, that that became a little bit more interesting uh, because of a recent report from ESPN's Pete Thamel over the weekend uh, talking about Kevin Warren and that that Big Ten TV deal, which obviously at the time, Dan, and then, you know, kind of at, at the end of Kevin Warren's ten, uh, tenure as Ohio, or as Big Ten commissioner, um, that, that seemed to, you know, obviously win him a whole lot of praise. And, you know, he kind of went out with a bang there with everyone thinking, oh man, this is a guy that, you know, he obviously dealt with the the whole COVID situation in, in ways that a lot of people disagreed with, uh, but he ended up kind of helping the the USC UCLA expansion happen. And then this monstrous TV deal, of course, uh, but this report, Dan, 
shed a lot more light on that. And it, it might not be uh, as as neat and, and wrapped in a bow as as many people had previously thought. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the, the, the first thing that really stood out when you read that article about Kevin Warren, uh, Pete Famel, uh, this was one paragraph in the article that said, uh, the, the Big Ten is going to have to pay back nearly $40 million to Fox because, according to sources, Warren delivered NBC the Big Ten football title game in 2026 without the full authority to do so. This all has unfolded under the complicated backdrop of the Big Ten conference not actually controlling the rights to the inventory of its latest deal. The Big Ten network does, which is majority owned by Fox. Um, and, you know, that, I mean, for, for Kevin Warren to just be handing out rights to networks that are owned by other networks. I mean, that, that feels pretty clearly like incompetence to me. You know, I mean, we, uh, you know, there's always going to be room for debate about how, you know, Kevin Warren handled the COVID situation. Um, you know, his legacy is certainly something that is complicated based on him, you know, brokering, you know, bringing USC and UCLA into the conference. But, you know, I think when he left, really the, the two big points on his resume were, USC and UCLA, which I'll still give credit for that, but then this new TV deal. And now we learned that he didn't even finish the TV deal. I mean, I, I think the, the, the paragraph in the article that really made me laugh was seeing, quote, the, the league has brought in an outside search firm, Corn Ferry, to determine whether Warren's work with this television deal should bring him a bonus. I don't know about you, Griffin, but I've never gotten a bonus for work that I didn't actually finish. <laughs> that is a good point, Dan. And, and another interesting part of that, and Ryan Day was even quoted uh, by Thamel in the report saying that uh, there was a collective disappointment among coaches on how the night game issue was handled uh, because NBC wants night games every week. Um, but teams like Ohio State, Michigan and Penn State have been you know, pushing back on playing those those night games in November, uh, which is why, Dan, it, it was interesting when we you know heard that that uh, is I think it's a November 11th, Dan, is the Michigan State date there. Um, that that one's going to be at 7.30 prime time there because, of course, we, we've known in the past that the Big Ten teams have, have not wanted to do that, obviously, with it being so cold uh, in a lot of the markets. And so that's going to be something that seems like is going to have you know future back and forths uh, to, to end up solving there, Dan. And, and if you have any other you know thoughts or, or um, points from, from the report, please uh, go, go right ahead. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how this all unfolds next year because USC and UCLA are going to come into the conference next year, and you would you would think that a lot of those November night games as of next year are going to be USC and UCLA home games. That that gives the Big Ten a way to have November night games without having to play late at night in really cold weather, and so I think that will clear some of this up next year. I think. For this year, I mean, NBC wants the inventory it's paying for. And so, you know, Ohio State obviously making a compromise already by agreeing to that home night game versus Michigan State in November. And obviously, that's a reason why that was the first game announced by NBC. Because I was, I mean, I was on vacation when it happened. I was a little taken aback. Like, you know, you're thinking like, okay, NBC's going to announce an Ohio State game. Like, it's going to be Notre Dame, right? Like, you, you figured the first game announced for Ohio State on NBC was not going to be Michigan State. But that explains it because they're still negotiating this deal. This deal's not, the eyes have not all been dotted on this deal yet. And so that was all part of a negotiation was Ohio State agreeing to play a home night game versus Michigan State in November. We also learned that 
uh, Penn State and Michigan State are going to play on Black Friday on NBC. And it sounds like that's another compromise there with NBC getting a pair of Black Friday games, also the Iowa-Nebraska game, and in exchange for not having a night game that that final week of the season. But, you know, I, I, I also think to some degree, like, this is just the cost of doing business, right? Like, NBC is paying all this money. Well, part of a deal is you got to play games at the t- the, in the windows that they want games. So if that means you've got to suck it up and play a uh, play a game in the cold weather at night, um, you know, I mean, obviously, I think from Ryan Day's perspective, from a lot of coaches' perspectives, you know, they're going to point to player safety. They're going to point to things like that. But you know, to me, I, I, I think this is the reality of college football now. Is it's it's driven. I mean, even when we talk about conference realignment and all that, it's all driven by the TV money and the the networks are not going to pay big money for games for the conference to then dictate what times the games are going to be played. And so I, I think, you know, to, to, to a great degree, that, that's just kind of a cost of doing business that, you know, uh, Ohio State might have to play a November night game every once in a while. You know, you're you're one of the cash cows of a conference and NBC is going to want you. Uh, on uh, that stage. So, you know, again, I think in the, like next year, when I think about what could the schedule look like in 2024, I think there's probably a pretty good chance Ohio State will be playing a road night game at either USC or UCLA next year in November. That would that would be my guess. But, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, this is now again, I think part of the frustration from Ryan Day and, and some of the other coaches is that they were not told about this until the deal was actually made. And that, of course, has been a consistent complaint about Kevin Warren. When you go back to the COVID year in 2020, one of the biggest complaints among coaches, players, parents was that they were not hearing anything from Kevin Warren, that decisions were being made without any consultation with them. And so I I think that is going to go down as a big part of Kevin Warren's legacy is that he just didn't communicate with, with the people in his conference that he needed to communicate with and I think that's you know really the way he's going to be remembered by a lot of uh, people in the conference is that they just didn't get the kind of communication that they would expect from their commissioners and that he he made a lot of decisions that directly affected them without actually soliciting their feedback on them. Dan, and I think all this this whole report kind of adds new context as well to the kind of the hiring of Tony Petiti as the new. A Big Ten commissioner, obviously, he was a, a former, you know, big time TV executive at, at multiple different uh, networks, and it was. It's also funny now, in retrospect, looking back, Dan, at, at his introductory press conference, uh, you know, when he was announced as Big Ten commissioner and everything like that, uh, because he was getting kind of questions that that were asking. Uh, well, it, it kind of seems like you're you're coming into this position, and, and everything's kind of been settled with the the realignment and the TV deal, it's already done. And now you're just kind of coming in. And so what, what are you going to do? And now we see that, you know, at the time he said there, there's still going to be a lot we have to do with, in terms of just getting UC, uh, USC and UCLA integrated into the conference and, you know, making sure everything goes smoothly with the TV deal and everything like that. But now we kind of learned that there, there is more work to be done after all. Yeah, there was a lot of smoothing that had to be done by uh, Tony Petiti and still ongoing. But yeah, I don't think it's any I don't think it's any coincidence that oh, the Big Ten hired a, a former TV executive to clean up the mess here because, uh, you know, again, t- TV deals, that's that's a 
huge part of the business of college sports these days. And so bringing in a commissioner who has a lot of direct experience working in that field is certainly something that can be beneficial to the Big Ten. And we'll see how that ultimately plays out over the next several years. Uh, Speaking of TV, as of next week from today, we should know the game times and TV networks for the first three weeks of the season. Uh, The Athletic, uh, Stuart Mandel, Scott Docterman put out an article on Monday, I believe it was, uh, kind of pr- forecasting what the first three weeks of a TV schedule would look like. And uh, they are projecting that Ohio State and Indiana will be on CBS at noon in the season opener, which, you know, that sounds good to me. Uh, the second week of one is, I think, the one that stands out that they are projecting Ohio State, Youngstown State to be a 7.30 p.m. kickoff on NBC, which First of all, tells you the week two slate for the Big Ten is extremely weak because if NBC is looking at its second game of its new Big Ten schedule to feature an FCS team, uh, that's <laughs> not that's probably not ideal. But it speaks to uh, Ohio State's, uh, you know, again, Ohio State brings rating no matter who it plays. And so if, if all you have is mediocre matchups, then you're going to go for an Ohio State or a Michigan or a Penn State, but man, that feels like a very unnecessary uh, primetime night game on a national network if it happens. Yeah, not not necessarily too thrilled about that one myself, Dan. But uh, we have there has been some weird ones, that, you know, like that in the past couple of years with with some of these non conference teams for Ohio State. Um, you know, but you know, this is just adding to that list, I suppose. Yeah, Toledo last year, Ohio State played them on Fox. Uh, the year before that, Ohio State played Akron in night game. So looks like uh, we could be going for a third year in a row of Ohio State playing a mid-major in-state opponent in primetime at the shoe. And how about a shout out to former Ohio State linebacker Joshua Perry, uh, who obviously has done great you know, broadcast work the last several years and, and will now be a part of the NBC's Big Ten coverage moving forward. Yeah, congrats to Joshua. He's been a guest on our show before. He's done stuff with 11 Warriors. We'll, we'll have to get him back on soon to talk about his new opportunity at NBC. Certainly looking forward to seeing how he does in that role. I have no doubt that uh, he will do very well because he's – uh, very smart and he's uh, risen up the ranks very quickly, which, you know, as somebody who did some, you know, TV and radio stuff of him several years back, it was v- very quickly evident that, that Joshua Perry was going to be a fast riser in this industry. So not surprised at all to see him quickly moving up the ranks and moving into a national TV role. Uh, Want to give a couple shout outs to a couple of Ohio State's other sports teams as well. Uh, men's tennis team uh, made a run over the weekend to the NCAA championship match. Uh, and ironically enough, uh, beating Georgia and then beating TCU, uh, which of course was what Ohio State football almost did, but was not able to do. Ohio State men's tennis and a uh, big Ohio State football fan, Ty Tucker, able to uh, avenge vo- those results for the Ohio State football team. But Uh, was not quite able to get the job done, uh, losing to Virginia in the NCAA championship match. And, you know, kind of been the story for this program. I mean, I mean, Ty Tucker has done a remarkable job with with Ohio State men's tennis, a team that was really never a national factor before uh, he took over. Uh, They are a perennial NCAA tournament team. They've won 17 straight 
or at least a share of 17 straight Big Ten titles, but have not quite been able to win the big one. Yeah, Dan, we actually got to talk to Ty Tucker kind of towards the the, the start of the season when the tennis team was was already doing stellar. Um, and, and you kind of got the sense then that this might be the year for them, but it did not work out that way. And how many times have, have they actually gotten to the the championship match, Dan, in terms of the NCAAs? Three times now. Three times. Three times, wow. And, and 17 straight Big Ten titles, though. I mean, that is certainly a uh, an, an accomplishment that you cannot scoff at either. But Dan, how about Ohio State baseball as well? Um, finishing Bill... Uh, Maziello's first season with the program uh, ends the year on nine straight wins and had a season ending sweep over Michigan, although they did not reach the postseason. Yeah, sweep of Michigan is always good and some good momentum for that program. Obviously, a team that, you know, made a coaching change after a really bad season a year ago. Uh, you know, only eight teams make the Big Ten tournament in baseball. So Ohio State not quite able to reach that standard this year. But to finish the year the way they did, certainly something that Ohio State can build on, as it certainly will be looking to try to get back to the postseason in Masiello's second year. That's all I got, Dan. If if you got anything else to uh, to close out on here, but uh, if not, uh, guys, we'll be back with you next week. Uh, for another edition of Real Pod Wednesdays. Thank you so much for listening in today as we uh, reassemble here, Dan and Griffin, as usual, in the typical uh, ca- uh, cast fashion here on RPW. <laughs>